0: Good morning. Turn to somebody and say, you look lovely today. Praise God. Say to somebody, you look lovely. So before we get into the word, a couple of weeks ago, we obviously finished with this series about love. And the last part of that series was of how do we make love practical? And we obviously had the open home foundation here. And then, of course, we made some commitments. And obviously, over this festive season, we want to get into a place where we say, how can we again make it practical for those 35 or 36 families that are foster parents? So, you can either scan the QR code or you can take the little events page at the back. And then, if you want to participate in this way for us in helping us making up hampers for these families that's looking after these foster kids uh, or that, that are the foster parents, let's do something for them. If that's the way you want to contribute, I want to encourage you to please scan that QR code and become part of this journey of how we make love practical and how we impact on our community. Now, if you brought your Bible this morning with you, I want you to hold it up. We're going to do our Bible declaration because if we believe that this is the truth of God, we obviously want to align ourselves with this truth. So put your Bible in the air, whether it's on your phone or wherever, and then say after me or speak with me, this is my Bible. It is the living word of God that directs my life. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. My mind is aware. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Can you maybe turn the sound down on this one a little bit? It sounds very loud for me. So today we're going to talk about God with us. We are in this festive season and we have to think about, yep, it's not all about gifts. It's not all about fellowship and festivities and family but the main course of this is about Jesus, the gift to the world. And if you are on Version, you can follow us there. The scriptures are on there as well as an outline of today's message. And when we begin to think about God with us, what does it mean, God with us? It means God with us in all areas of our lives, in all circumstances, whether good or whether bad. And in the book of Matthew, we read the following, when you think about it on the screen there, if we can just open it up there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. He says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, if you understand and if you remember that, part of scripture this is where the angel comes to joseph because joseph was already making up his mind that i am going to divorce mary because she's with a child and she's a virgin but he didn't understand what was happening here so if we talk about god with us also in the valleys of our lives also in the darkest times of our lives this was joseph's valley A man that was standing there and saying, God, how am I going to do this? My plans are to divorce this woman because obviously in those days and even in many contexts today, it's not acceptable. What am I going to do? And then the angel of the Lord came to appear to him and the angel of the Lord said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And it's only at that point where Joseph in that valley moment that he's experiencing Think about it. You will experience shame. You will have to walk away from this woman that he loves. He has to face the people, people that will be asking all these questions and say, Joseph, what did you guys do? He had to experience that valley moment and had to think for himself, well, God is with me in this. This is God's will. And if you go and read through the Scriptures, it's only in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke that talks about the birth of Jesus. Now, similarly for Mary, if you look in the Gospel of Luke, when the angel appeared to her and says, fear not, because you will, you will bear the Son of God. You will bear the Jesus that I'm sending to this world as the Savior. And obviously Mary already thought all these same things that Joseph was thinking. She said to the angel, but I'm a virgin. How can this be? And we also know that John the Baptist, his mother Elizabeth, uh, gone before her because she was six months pregnant already. And the moment when Mary comes to greet her, suddenly the the baby in uh, in Elizabeth's womb starts to respond to this voice that's speaking. Again, a valley moment for Mary. But in that moment, having the surety and the confidence that God is with me. So if you think about valleys, what does valleys symbolize? What does your valley look like this morning? What does the word valley symbolize for you? We sometimes symbolize the word valley with a place of darkness, a place of loneliness, a place of of solitude, a place of pain, a place of fear. But for many, sometimes a valley can be a place of where I go to gather myself again. If you've been in a snowstorm and you were on the mountain, the hope for you would be to get down to the valley. Because you know when I get down to the valley, I may get to a house, I may get to a place of safety, I may get to a place... Where I'll be held together and things won't be as bad for me and I can look up to where God is taking me. You see, and it's easy for us to, 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 to worship God when we're on the mountaintop. It's easy to shout it out, but I can also promise you today from experience that when all is well, I do wonder sometimes how much do we worship God and praise Him when we're on the mountaintop of life. Because when all is so well, when all is going well in your life and there's nothing out of place, We tend to forget that God is actually making all of this possible for us. But it's when we go into the valley times that we then understand, Lord, what does this really mean? Why do I have to go through this? And many times it's in the valleys that we begin to experience God in a new way. And that's where we see Him. So I just want to touch on four things this morning to encourage you and I to say, when we look at the valley, the valley actually presents some beautiful things to us. And when we think about the Scripture this morning, we have to think about sometimes we have to be in isolation before we can get to a point of elevation. It's in that isolation times that you sometimes experience things within yourself and you get to know yourself and learn things about yourself that you wouldn't have otherwise learned when you were always on the mountaintop. From isolation to elevation. Where is it that you isolate yourself? Or do we isolate ourselves to the extent where we say, Father... I need to know what it is that you have to say to me. This is just my saying. I don't know how other people feel about that, but I always say you can never know a person the way you should unless they've been completely vulnerable with you. It's the place where you are your most vulnerable, where the true self comes to the fore, where you then begin to know what is really inside of this person. It's that place where you are pressed. It's that place where you feel uh, oppressed or suppressed in your thinking and in the way that you are in in, in everything that you want to be, that you begin to discover what is really inside of you and what God is saying to us. So the first thing I want to say, the valley is a place where God's presence becomes intimate or where we become intimate with God's presence. You can look throughout the word of God. Go and look at Jacob. And this is the one thing I want us to understand. Sometimes valley experiences are experiences of our own making. When Jacob was wrestling with God, he went on that journey because that was a valley moment of his own making. He was running away because he heard that his brother was coming for him. And it's even in that moment as he was wrestling with God the whole night and he said, Lord, I shall not leave you until such time you've answered me. It was something of his own making, but even in that circumstances, God showed up. And in those circumstances, God made a commitment to him. And even in those circumstances, God came to elevate him. So where are are you today in your valley? What What are you experiencing? Are you experiencing God's presence? Or have we become so focused on the problem or on the situation that we are neglecting the confidence that we have in him? We sang all these beautiful songs this morning. Your name is power. Your name is, your, your name is healing. Your name is love. But is that the same stuff you say when you are in the valley moment? When your valley becomes your reality, do you lose all confidence in that what God is actually inspiring inside of you to say, despite your reality now, this is not your destiny. Your reality now does not define where you will be going unless you allow that reality To become the thing that defines your life. You may sit in a valley moment like Jacob did and experience a depression, a hopelessness. Like David when he was sitting there in in the cave of Abdullah. Like Elijah when he was doing this great miracle and he fled from the Lord and he created this valley of his own making where he gave up on life and gave up on the gifting and gave up on the ministry that God has given him. But then God shows up. Let us read here from Isaiah 43, verse 2. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be what? I will be with you. Maybe you have a watershed moment in your valley. A watershed moment where you feel, I will be overcome. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You see, when we are receiving that bad news, I don't know what, what, where you are at in your life at this moment. Maybe your valley is an immigration situation. Maybe your valley this morning is relationships that's not going well. Maybe your valley situation this morning is a job that's not working out for you. Maybe your valley situation is that your finances is in disarray, and you do not know what God is going to do and how God is going to show up in that moment. But as long as we focus on the wrongness or the thing that we're going through in the valley and not on God, we are not having the right perspective. And this is again something that reminds us again here when he says, when you pass through the water, so Lord, I am going through this situation. I'm going through a hopelessness. I'm going through this anxiety now. Lord, I'm going through this depression. Lord, I'm going through this challenge with my immigration status or with my my visas or whatever the case may be, my my marriage, my, my relationships with my children, Lord, my family life. But Lord, you are with me because that's the confidence that I have in you. That's the commitment that you have made to me from isolation to elevation. If you're in that position and you've given up hope, at that point when you become so vulnerable and you open up, that gives God that opportunity to get in, to get into your life and to bring that good news. You see, despite the difficulties, the Bible teaches us that we're not only to enjoy God on the mountaintops. It's not a real relationship when we only appreciate God when it all is well. It's not a true relationship when we only depend on Him to fix our lives. Or to do good things for us. You see, we live in an instant society. We pray now and God needs to answer very soon. Otherwise, I'm going to take things into my own hand. We want to put, God, my pray, we want to put our prayers into the microwave. And say, one minute. I want it to be done. When that thing says, I want to know. The answer is there. And I want to prescribe to God what the outcome should be and what it should look like. He says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was not a valley of their making. Because of the confidence they had in God, a valley was created for them. But even when that was created, even they had to fear for their lives, they feared not. Because they entered there with the confidence that God says, even when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not even touch you. The word of God teaches us that their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. So what does your valley look like? Do you experience God's intimate presence within that valley? Or don't you? Psalm 23 verse 4 says the following. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And when David says this, he speaks of confidence, he speaks of experience, he speaks of these times that he's gone through these things for himself. He had to be alone before he could be on the throne. When he was in the cave of Abdullam, he was thinking and he was praying to God. He was isolated. He had a few men around him, but there he was sitting with himself. He was contemplating his life. The king was seeking his life. But in those moments, he comes and says, Lord, I shall not fear because thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David knew that I have to go through this aloneness before I can go to the throne, before I can be elevated to the position that God has called me through. When is it that we learn great things in life? Where do we learn the greatest lessons? Not in our successes. We learn it in our failures. We learn it in our places where we are most vulnerable. And sometimes we are so afraid and so shy to be vulnerable because people may think we are weak. We want to present ourselves as together or strong. But in that, we miss the opportunity for God to really show up in a magnificent way and really embed in your spirit and reposition you to what you and I need to be. When he talks about, even when I walk through the darkest valley, is that spiritual darkness you may experience. People that are in depression, people that experience anxiety, they do not see the light. They do not see the outcome. They do not see the hope. And suddenly when we are in our valley situations, we we lose our hope. We experience the brokenness. We experience the lostness. And hope, love, and faith has disappeared. We've been disabled. Because it's all a matter of, Lord, what is it that I believe? Am I vulnerable enough to allow you to be intimate with me in the spirit to guide me through that? And do we have the confidence to work through that experience? The second thing is the valley can be a place of blessing and a pathway to peace. It's forcing us to have a different perspective or a different view of the valley. It brings us to a place where we say, Father God, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. When we started with Joseph and Mary, the valleys that they've experienced, we also look at the life of Job. A valley situation that he didn't create for himself. It was created by the enemy. God allowed it to happen. Job is the only one in the whole Bible of which God says that this is a man with complete integrity. Think about that. What does God say about you and I? When we go through the valid situations of our life, can He show up and say, Hey, that man, that woman is a person of integrity because despite all of this, they keep their eyes on me and they experience the peace that only I can bring. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that becomes real to us as we journey through the valley. Psalm 84, verse 5 and 7 says the following He says, And how blessed all those. Uh, in whom you live whose lives become roads you travel how beautiful that's been put here God is traveling your life the roads of your life he's traveling that if we are allowing him to do so how many people do we know that blames God for everything that goes wrong in their life but yet they do not have a relationship with the God that they blame people that says we don't believe in church We don't believe in this truth. We don't believe these historic things that you believe or the historic book that you are reading. We want to be the kings and the makers of our own destiny and our own lives. And there are many of them out there. But what do you say? What do you say when you are going through your valley episode? How long have you been in your valley? And again, when Elijah was sitting there, I love it when God shows up and say to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? God didn't expect to find him there. What are you doing here, Elijah? I'm going to read throughout the whole Bible. Whenever God comes and whenever the prophets speak, they do not come in their own name. They always come by saying, the word of the Lord came to me. And this is what the word of the Lord saith. As the word of God coming to you and me today, through reading this, through praying for when we are in those difficult situations of life that we do not give up hope and we come back to the truth where he says, listen, how blessed all those in whom we live whose life become roads you travel. The wind through lonesome valleys come upon brooks, discover cool springs and pools brimming with rain. God traveled these roads, curve up the mountain and at the last turn, Zion, God in full view. What a blessing to experience God in full view. When God is at work, when you're at your most vulnerable and you just let go of all your inhibitions and you say, Lord, I surrender all. What does it look like when you have surrendered all? And you're completely dependent on him and wait for him to show up in a way that you didn't expect. Look again at the life of Job. The end of his life was much more blessed than the beginning. Why? Because despite all the debates and the frustration and the things that he had gone through, all the loss he has experienced, he said, I shall not curse God. The God that has done good to me so much so I shall also endure the bad things that's happening to me. And therefore in this valley, in this valley, I will experience him in a new way. See, it's all about that mindset. They say, Father God, we will journey. Now, in, in this specific passage, they talk about the valley of Barca. That was the valley that they've traveled through. And in the valley of Barca, there was these trees that were growing there. And they called them the weeping trees because of the gum and the juices that were always flowing out of these trees. And as you read this psalm, as they journey through that valley and they experience all that weeping, that pain, whether spiritually or physically, they always knew that the blessing comes. After that, after you've endured, after we've gone through that process, God in full view. So, for us and for many of us, the valley is a place of finding God's peace, finding that truth about ourselves, and again, confirming our identity in Him. Valleys are sometimes repositioning people for the right purpose, but at the same time, if our focus are on the wrong things, it takes you away from your true identity in Christ. Again, being alone before we can be on the throne. From isolation to elevation. Valley times are alone times. Valley times can be times that we feel so burdened that we don't want to get up. But it's in those moments when you're completely trust in God and the Jesus friends that he has surrounded you with. To say, Lord, in this place I can experience your peace. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, I have told you all this so that you may have what? Peace in me. Not peace in the world systems, not peace in everything that everyone else has been saying, but peace in God. Because He's the one that consumes me, that fills me. Here on earth you will have what? Many trials and sorrows. This is the same declaration that Jesus has made. He says, but thank God, because I overcome the world. So this is the prophecy already going out in Psalm 34. The question for you and I this morning is who do we choose when we are in the valley? Do we choose that reality or do we embrace that reality and say, okay, reality? Yes, I'm going through a brokenness here. I'm going through a breakup here. I'm going through a problem with my finances, my work, my relationships, my marriage. It doesn't matter what the reality is. Why am I going to say, Lord, what did we sing earlier? I speak Jesus over the situation. Scripture says, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Not in the name of the Holy Spirit or in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the name above all names. John chapter 1 verse 14 where he says, when Jesus came, the word became flesh and made its dwelling amongst us. Sharing with you and I that Jesus experienced everything that you and I are experiencing today. In, in fact, he experienced much more pain and suffering than you and I can ever imagine. But he did that so that he has complete empathy. He says, we've got a high priest in heaven that understands completely what we are going through. Because he's been there. He's walked that path. He's journeyed with us. You will have many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The third thing is it's a place that produces a godly perspective. And when you go to the book of Colossians, it teaches us that. What perspective do you have when you are in your situation? If you are amidst all of that, sometimes we are so ingrained into that problem situation that we do not have a vision of what God is saying to us. Godly perspective means that I take a a step back a few steps back or a few steps up and say, Lord, give me a third dimension of what's really going on there. And Lord, when I have your perspective, I can see this is very small in relation to the big things that you have in store for us. How many of you are experiencing a valley moment now that is of your own making? A decision that you've made that was not aligned with God's decision and you're going through a tough time. The confidence we have in that, that even in those times, God is with us. He's journeying with you in there. Does it mean he's going to let you get away with the consequences of that decision? No, it means that through the consequences that we will experience, he will be your guide. He will go, go with you. He will direct your path. Colossians 3 verse 1 and 2 says the following. So, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. In other words, he's saying to you that when you are in that situation, even though this is your current reality, he says, just think about the godly perspective. Get a helicopter view of what is going on so that you can see that one moment in your life does not define the whole path ahead or the future I have for you. It's very difficult when we begin to assign these things to ourselves when you speak to people and they go through a valid moment and they say, uh, I suffer from depression, self-diagnosed. Or I, I experience this anxiety and this anxiety is overcoming me. And it's, it's all in the words we say of ourselves. And those words that we are speaking, you know, we, we speak those words and that becomes the things that we hear. And the more we say that over ourselves, the more it becomes part of our belief system. In the same time, we can use that same energy by saying, Lord, I take confidence in you. You have said, through you we will overcome. You have said, if I trust in you, I will experience a peace that will all un- uh, surpass all understanding. You said, if I pray, Father God, if I bring it before you with supplication, all my needs, all my wants, and if I seek ye first the kingdom of God, that you shall, and you will, show up. You know what the great thing is? God has already showed up because His Spirit is dwelling inside of us. The question is, are we tuned in to hearing that voice? Again, how vulnerable do you choose to be with Him in those situations? I do not negate the fact that depression is real. I do not negate the fact that people do have anxiety disorder and all of these other disorders that they may have out there. But we also need to acknowledge that God is not the giver of those things. That God said that I'm going to give life and life to its fullest. And Lord, if this valley situation is robbing me of my fullest life, Lord, I want to experience that peace. I want to experience that, 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 that blessing. I want to experience, Lord, that godly perspective. Pursue the things which we, over which God, Christ presides. Don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground. Absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That is where the action is. See things from His perspective. Again, Jesus' valley moment. The one where the Spirit led Him out into the desert for 40 days. Was it something he created for himself? No. It was a valid situation created in order for us to experience that miracle, to experience his perspective when he says to Satan, for all the things that he brought before him, he says, it is written. It is written. It is written. You cannot say it is written if you do not journey with the author. We cannot say it is written if we say things but we do not believe what God is actually saying over us. Or to us and in our lives. You see, even in these valleys, we are encouraged to think about God. To have His perspective. Joseph, Mary will have a child. Can you imagine what was going on in Joseph's head? Make that practical for you today. If you had to be Joseph or if you had to be Mary and the angel of the Lord comes to you and say, You will bear the Savior of the world. What would happen? What will go on in your mind? Or will you embrace it when the angel of the Lord comes and says, have peace, because what's going to happen here is going to change the direction of the world. You see, it's that one moment of confidence we have in God. When we have that godly perspective in the valley, we begin an opportunity with God's presence transcends all our realities. When that intimacy that we feel with him, where he brings back that hope, that love, that faith into that brokenness, lostness, and pain that you are experiencing in that space, transcends the reality of what's currently happening. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 to 9 says, We are pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. you think about that scripture and the one i read earlier from isaiah it's again one of those places where you say lord do i choose the one or do i choose the other so on which side of that comma do you sit i'm pressed on every side or do you sit on the side that says lord i take confidence that even though i'm pressed i will not be crushed i won't give in i won't submit or surrender to that which the enemy is bringing over my life you say lord i am perplexed or do you say lord i I'm not in despair. So Lord, we do not ignore the, the reality that we are pressed, that we are perplexed, that we are crushed. That's what the enemy seeks for our lives. But Lord, we, we believe that we will not be crushed, that we will not be in despair, and that we will not be struck down. We believe, Lord, that even though we go through the valley, even though we go through the rivers, the waters will not overrun us. Even though that we go through the fire, we will not be burned. Lord, so that we can go from isolation to elevation to be repositioned in you. See every valley moment as a step up to the next stage of where God is leading you. That valley moment where God shows up and says, I've got more in store for you. See, God's presence in our valleys is the anchor that keeps us from being swept away by the things in this world. There's an old song we used to sing, when I'm low in spirit, I cried, Lord, lift me up. I want to go high with thee. To go high with God means that I have to also embrace the valley moments and those valley realities. Maybe things are a little bit slow in your work. Maybe things are a little bit slow in the progress that you're making. Maybe things are a little bit slow in the processes that you're involved in, but do not give up. Do not let hope fade on you. The fourth thing and the final thing as the worship team come forward again. The valley is a place of God's inescapable presence. The only thing that sort of suppresses that presence of God is our own thinking and our own view of ourselves and our own view of this valley moments that we are going through. And again, the psalmist writer writes here He says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the seat, even there, your hand will guide me. Your hand will hold me fast, your right hand. So whether in heaven or in the depths of this world, God's hand will hold us. He will be there with you. He will direct your steps think about David's life again young man looking after the sheep he was not even in the picture of his father when Samuel came around to seek for the new king for Israel he wasn't counted by his own family but God made sure that as Samuel was listening to say none of these none of these do you have someone else where's your other sons do you have any honorable sons yeah I've got this young child he's out there tending to the sheep. I believe it was a valley moment for the other brothers that thought maybe God have chosen them to be king but it was a mountain moment for David you see and at that moment when David was anointed to become the next king of Israel it was the same time that David went on that journey from that mountain, off that high point of being anointed to become the king. Through all these valleys, until such time that he was ready to assume the throne. Where can we hide from you, Lord? Where can we go from your spirit? It may sound very spiritual. Spiritual. But know the God that we serve is very, very well familiar with who you are and what you are and where you are. The things that don't even come up in your mind or the things that you do not even want to share or want to unpack, He knows about those things. But it's in the valley that He restores your soul. Romans chapter 8, 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life. It starts with the words, I am convinced. He doesn't say, I wonder whether this can do it. He doesn't say, I doubt whether God can, you know, whether there's death or life. I doubt when He will show up. But He says, for I am convinced. And Paul's a man that could have talked about it. Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights or death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to what? To separate us. You see, the concept of Emmanuel, God, with us, it's not just a concept. It's not just a concept on the mountaintops, but it's also a reality in the valleys of life. Nothing can separate you from Him. So may we find strength, blessing, peace, healing and His presence and in His places where we are serving in the valley. When we are going through it and we think, God, you're not present here. And for a moment, just close your eyes where you are sitting and thinking about your valley moment. Where's your valley? What is in that valley? What are you experiencing right now? Maybe you're at a point where you say, Lord, I've given up on my faith. I, I don't know. I don't want to do this anymore. I've tried everything, it seems like nothing is coming right for me. I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling alone I feel the darkness is overwhelming me but Lord we appreciate that your word brings us the confidence to say that in the valley I will restore you I will uplift you I will gather you as my own I will fill you up I will reposition you in that valley I will confirm your identity that you are mine and I am your that valley, I will give you the confidence you need to take the next step, not to elevate you up to the mountaintop, but to make sure that you have that blessed assurance that you are not alone, that I'm going to be right beside you, that I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to lead you through this. I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm going to give you the wisdom that you need so that you can get up, you can rise up, Same way you said that to Elijah. I said, Elijah, get up. You fed him there. You filled him there. You gave him strength for the next part of his journey. And that's what you come and do for us today. If you are experiencing a valley moment in this moment, I want to invite you today to just stand up in your place where you are. To say, Lord, here's my valley. I started losing sight of who you are. In fact, let us all stand where we are. Let us just stand on our feet. Maybe you've never done this before. Maybe this is new. Maybe you feel shy about doing it. But I want to challenge you today to present to God your valley moments. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe it's your relationship with others. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a relationship at work. Maybe it's your workplace that doesn't work out for you. Maybe it's, it's something around your immigration process that's not working out. Maybe it's something within your finances. Maybe it's something about self-belief, about confidence, about understanding your own identity, understanding your purpose. 2023 has been a tough year for many. A lot of loss, a lot of pain. A lot of brokenness people have experienced that and continues to do so. But in all of that, God is inviting us to say, hey, hold fast. Keep up the hope. Keep the faith. Because I'm right there with you.